Let's do it. I'm just going to start this episode off by saying thank you to Ibi Astrof. He has been so dedicated through the whole process. But now to the episode. We're back. Let's go. Halden and Jack, unqualified. We are back for episode two, The Comeback Kids. Sorry to all our viewers out there. We The first episode was a hit, and then we just went completely off the map for like months. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like months. I don't know how actually long it was. But um, we're back now uh, and, and happy to be back as always and uh, excited to do it again with you all. So. Yeah, very happy to be back again. Uh, like to double up on what Tort said there. Very sorry for our time away from you guys, but we just want to get right back into it. We hope you're still excited. I uh, know we are. So let's get started. Uh, quick, for those of you who were able to ch- tune in to our first episode, uh, quick rundown of what happened there. We, uh, If you all recall, we had a quick interview with a couple of the captains from the previous uh, fall season sports. We had Eli Webb come in from soccer. His interview was cut a little short. But then we got Michael Malice doing his usual nonsense talk, which you got to love. And Tyler Martiri came in for football and gave us just a beautiful, heartwarming story about his uh, effects, uh, pro wrestling's effect on his life, rather. Sorry. So, Tort, are you ready to start episode two, The Comeback Kids? Oh, I'm more than ready, Holden. All right. I said we, we just let him hear it. You Let's go. Dive right into it. I mean, we're going to start with what's probably the most – important actually sorry no not important event but um biggest thing in sports biggest sport right now i think you got to go with the nfl we're approaching super bowl weekend uh sunday three days from now um very excited for that but let's go over thoughts on playoffs thus far i mean obviously both you and i are ravens fans uh rest in peace but uh yeah we'll be back yep um quick exit for them but just take a look around the league on the AFC side. We had Tennessee upsetting New England in the first round. I mean, that's an upset, but I think a lot of people, especially those betting on sports, took Tennessee in that. I mean, that was kind of – Derrick Henry just came on so big at the end of the season and uh, hey, I'm beast. A, first I, I, I think we all saw the Patriots. They, they peaked too early. Yep. Derrick Henry peaked at the perfect time. It, yep. it, was, it was a perfect storm for the uh, Patriots to fall in Foxborough. Sadly enough for their fans, shout out Owen Holmgren and Hamwave. Sorry about you, lost. <laughs> Sorry about you. Um, and then Tennessee continued bulldozing the Ravens in the second round. Now finding they found themselves in the AFC Championship, where I mean, Mahomes, what a competitor! Unbelievable. I've never seen it like him and Russell Wilson are the two guys in this league that scare me the most. But Tennessee had, if I'm not wrong, 24-0 lead in the first half. Yeah. And I don't think there was ever a time in that game when anyone counted out the Chiefs. There's no other team in football you can say that about. We'll talk more about them going to the Super Bowl matchup, but. Just huge props to Mahomes and that whole uh, Chief squad for bouncing back. I mean, Mahomes is just a phenomenal player, phenomenal competitor. He's a biracial angel, <laughs> according to the other guys, not just making that up. <laughs> um, on the uh, kind of opposite side of the AFC, we will, uh, saw Houston, um, the Texans, Deshaun Watson, beating Buffalo in the first round, but then unfortunately falling to Kansas City in the second round by a score of 51-31. to 31. Um, and so Kansas City finds themselves in the in the championship. I mean, I think many people, if they weren't going to bet on Baltimore, would have in fact bet on Kansas City. Um, and then, Hall, you want to go over the, the opposite side of the bracket? I can, but real quick, just going back to that point about Kansas City, I think people would have voted for him. Other than fact, I feel like they were kind of forgotten about. You know, yeah. Like when, when Mahomes got injured, everyone kind of counted them out during the regular season. Everyone forgot what they can be when they're fully healthy, and. 
credit to them. They got healthy at the right time to put it all together. Well, I mean, I, I remember they beat the Ravens, and I was like, freak, they are good, we are bad. Yeah. But then we we start making all the noise in the AFC. Everyone forgets about Kansas City. Next thing you know, they quietly find themselves in the Super Bowl. So yeah, Lamar took the spotlight for a while, but sadly we didn't pull it out when it matters. We'll pocket passers the make the NFL, man, and that's what Mahomes is. He's like an athletic pocket passer. <laughs> That is the most dangerous thing in sports yep. right now. Yep, yep, All right, so going over to the side of the NFC, we uh, obviously have the Minnesota Vikings taking down New Orleans Saints. New Orleans, another disappointing performance in the playoffs. Got to say, uh, I love Drew Brees, love their whole program, but that's got to leave some kind of taint on his uh, on his tenure as the Saints quarterback, right, Sort? Yeah, I'd be pissed. Kirk Cousins, I mean, it's just like everyone said, he really wasn't able to show. He got bailed out a couple times. I mean – I'm still – I like Kirk Cousins, but it's really just because he has that you like that video. No, I mean, yeah, I only got three words for you. You like that. Right, you absolutely you like that. that. <laughs> you like that. All right. Uh, another first-round NFC matchup. The uh, Seahawks took down the Eagles. I think we all saw that coming. Oh, yeah. Uh, Eagles, Eagles were playing with house money. They, they were in the worst division seed. in football. The fact that the Cowboys almost took away with the number one seed in that division, that says all you need to know. I was tired of just hearing about a division that was so bad. I don't care about Jason. I don't care where he goes. I'm tired of hearing about Zach Prescott. Overrated. I don't think he's a good starting quarterback. I don't want to hear him. Ezekiel Elliott got a nose ring, and I just don't really have much time for him anymore. That's fair. That's fair. He's still a beast, though. I mean, he's a beast, but really, I mean, it was. I mean, I missed the days where it all was just him just, just eating cereal. But then it, all of a sudden, he just got all these face piercings. And it's like, there were a couple good memes about him, though. There's, I mean, in his, in his prime, there will never the be a shortage of good memes. You're, you're darn right. You are darn right. I miss Vine, Red Vine. I've been thinking about it all day. I literally just looked up emotional sports vines today. I, I never stopped thinking about it. Never once. I mean, this new TikTok wave, I haven't bounced back. We're All trying right. to create a new one, Vine, with a Y instead of an I. If you take that, we will, can't say kill you, but <laughs> you won't wake up the way we're done with you. <laughs> we will find you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're going to start GoFundMe. Trade we'll for that. Anyways, moving on. In the second round, Seattle took down Green Bay. Oh, sorry. My fault, misspoke. Lost to Green Bay uh, in a hard-fought matchup. Awesome. That was a good game. That was a very good game. I did not think Green Bay pulled off. Yeah, I, I watched that think, game. I did not think the Packers were the real deal. I watched that game and thought Rodgers was gonna was gonna take take Green Bay to the ship, but um, but no. <laughs> the defensive <laughs> no. line of San Francisco had other plans. I mean, I I think this year if San Francisco wins it all, it's gonna change how people build their teams. If you have the best defensive line in the NFL, it makes it really hard to pass, and that's kind of what San Francisco has done. And now, I mean, they're just. They won the semifinal by 17. Right, yeah. yeah. They actually smoked Green Bay. Um, and then also, to get into that game, right, they smoked the Vikings. San Francisco yeah. pretty much just bullied their way all the way throughout the uh, NFC. Yeah. wasn't really close. Um, yeah, but going into the Super Bowl matchup now, as we said, we got Chiefs versus the 49ers. How do you think that defensive line for the 49ers is going to affect Mahomes in this game? Well, I think it has the potential to – maybe determine the fate of this game. If they can – Mahomes, although I think he's a great competitor, great player, if you start hitting him, he starts whining. And you start you – ch- I mean, he he likes to kind of like get mad and whiny and then things go well and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm so tough and such a competitor, which he is. But, like, if you continue to just hit him throughout the game and don't allow him to get comfortable, I think they could just completely determine the pace of the game. Right. Um, and I don't think that's just Mahomes either. You hit any quarterback over and over again, that's going to get in his head. The, yeah. you, you can't not think about that, especially with the defensive line as big as the uh, 49ers got. Um, in terms of their offense, too, George Kittle is an absolute monster. We have, we have the two, I think, the bar none, two best 
uh, tight ends in the league right now going head-to-head in this game and Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Um, I, I believe I, I saw some crazy stat earlier today. I think Pro Football Focus has George Kittle ranked as the number one most efficient player in the league this year in terms of what, like after, after he catches the ball. You just can't take the man down. Yeah, I mean, Kittle's good. I, the guy's got to get a haircut. I don't know what he's trying to do. No, um, no one ever complimented his looks. Just his game. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big Kelsey guy. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I think Kelsey is the better route runner of the two. But in terms of actual like play on the field, I'm not sure who I take in this game. Yeah, I think, I think in terms of, I, I just think Kelsey's got truer hands, honestly. But I think Kittle is. I mean, I, don't, I can't pick one or the other in terms of who's better. Uh, going to for those of you listening who are sports betters out there. Um, We've got taking a quick look at the line right now. Chiefs current favorite at uh, minus one and a half or one and a half point favorite, I should say, um, and the money line at minus one twenty two in favor of the or for the Chiefs plus one hundred two for the Niners, and the current over under at fifty four point fifty four and a half uh, points. I think, I think I would I would go under there. I just think it's not going to be as high of a scoring right. game. But the thing I, is, I mean, these are two of the most high-powered offenses we've seen in the Super Bowl in years. I right. think that this is going to be a high-scoring game. I'm not, it might not necessarily be a shootout. I don't think just a team that can put the most points on the board wins. I think it will come down a lot from defenses. But I think in general, we're going to see a lot of points in this game. I think it's going to be a very entertaining Super Bowl. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I'm going to take back what I said and actually say I'd have to go with the over because I'm just thinking about math right now. And if it's 27 to 27, you're at 54 points. And I think some one of those teams is going to be in the 30s, and it's going to be close. Um, I do think though lower the score is more it favors San Francisco. Absolutely, because I mean I Absolutely. know Mahomes is the Kansas City is built for a shootout. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, San Francisco is uh kind of their defense can determine the the way the game goes. The lower score the game is, the more it favors San Fran. Um, so. Are we sticking now? We're kind of just gonna, I guess, branch off in the NFL. Well, first, I, I think we gotta tell these the crowd our picks for the game. Yeah, uh, who so you got? For me personally, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of either team. Like, I, I like Mahomes. I I like Jimmy Garoppolo. I just think it's cool he came out from under Brady. Uh, I think in this game, I'm gonna have to take the Chiefs though. I I cannot pick against Patrick Mahomes to lose right now. I think he is the best player in the sport at any position, and he's fully healthy. He has Tyree Kill. He has Travis Kelsey. He has all of his options. I don't think that there's any defense in the league that can stop a fully healthy Chiefs right now. Yeah. So, from my point of view, I'm going to say I want the Chiefs to win. I hate San really? Francisco. Screw San Francisco. They suck. <laughs> we, already, we already beat them in the Super Bowl. I can yeah. still be mad. No, I, I hate them. I think – yeah, I hate them. Um, <laughs> but I think San Francisco is going to win. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I just think they are the better team. They've got Jimmy G – Solid quarterback. I think I want to see him testing more. Um, but I mean, I think he's a solid quarterback. But then they got they got who's their running back right now? What's Mostert? Right. Yeah, Mostert is the, was like the third stringer, and he just had like a two hundred plus yard game with four touchdowns. Yeah, and I think they just got winners in the team left and right. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't I don't think he's anywhere near as physically gifted as Mahomes, but he is a winner at heart. Debo Samuel is a beast. <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders, phenomenal mid year pickup. Best defensive line in the league, easy. Richard Sherman is like that. Now, Dion called him out. Uh, no, sorry, Revis called him out and said, "I didn't see this. What was this?" Yeah. So, story a couple a week or two ago is Revis 
I'm a huge Revis guy, best corner all the time, arguably. Revis Island. Revis Island. Welcome to the he's island. A, he's a jet. Welcome to the island. Yep. Uh, said Sherman isn't as good as people think he is because he doesn't like playing man to man. He likes to go zone where he doesn't have to just he, – he, he, it's not on him to just play one-on-one and, and keep the guy in front of him. Okay, so maybe, maybe he's not as good at man-on-man coverage, but you don't like the results speak for themselves? I think zone is much more team-oriented, but less about how good the individual corner is. Like, Revis, what made him good is you could put him one-on-one best receiver he, on he, an island. He takes out the best receiver. And, and they would he would be right there with him every step of the way. Sherman – and it's smart, honestly, hide your flaws by going into zone. Right. But I don't think he, as Rebus says, deserves as much credit for wanting to go. It's like in basketball. Like, if you don't have the athletes to, like, hang one-on-one, you're going to go into zone. But then your your defensive guys better not be talking like they're the best defenders out there. Right. So I'm not, I'm not putting him up against Rebus. I think Rebus is undoubtedly, yeah, yeah. unequivocally the better corner. But don't forget, I mean, Sherman, according to him, is the best corner of the league. He's the best corner of the game. Best kind of, as of right now, though. Yeah. Coming back off his injury, I, I think don't I, don't put me on a sorry player like Cat <laughs> Crabtree, like Crabtree, <laughs> one of the all time great uh, post Super Bowl um, interviews right there. Oh yeah, one all time. I mean that's the result you're gonna get. <laughs> no, uh, he is very cocky. I kind of like it though. I like to have all some of my better defender, uh, better defense players having an edge, having that kind of cockiness because that you know drives them to be the best player they can be. Um, I would say right now Sherman is nowhere near the best corner in the league, but. He's in the conversation, okay. top top ten, easy. Yeah. Um, now, right. kind of just branching off. I mean, stuff we're talking about. I think it's all Justin Tucker's fault. The Ravens are out. You go up to the podium and make a comment like "big trust." Like you're, you're I mean, that was. I take right. every team over the Ravens once that happens. Personally, I had less problems with that than I did with Lamar Jackson's comments prior to our game against the Titans. In that interview, where he claimed he wanted to be the Tom Brady of our generation, I lost it. You don't make a claim like that, especially while Tom Brady's still in the league and expect to go out without a chip on your shoulder in the next game. Yeah. He, he goes out, he has a target on his back, he's feeling cocky. He thinks he's going to be what I think we can all agree now is the best quarterback of all time. Maybe not skill-wise, but just the, the greatest winning quarterback of all time. You don't compare yourself to somebody like that unless you are cocky. I, yeah. I didn't like that at Dude's all. Dude's got confidence for sure. I mean, I – I think maybe that was a, the one slip. Other than that, I was a big Lamar attitude guy. Oh, absolutely. I, I think he did a great job all season. With all the praise he was getting, he did a very good job keeping his head down, putting in the work. It's but like when it came to when it mattered, he got cocky. And I, I get, think that's one of the reasons we lost. It's like for going basketball, if I was just like out of nowhere, like, I'm going to be the MJ of this generation. <laughs> you, you don't just throw that around. I mean, if you back it up, it'd be pretty cool. I mean, I'd, I'd root for number five at that point. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Probably appreciate that. Speaking of Gilbert basketball, Quick cut in, huge game tomorrow night. If you're, uh, if this podcast will be out by Friday, six o'clock, right? Six o'clock at home in the arena against Glen Elg. Playoff uh, implications on the line. Huge playoff implications on the line, especially in terms of seeding. Right now, on our side of the bracket, we've got kind of a three-way fight for first place between ourselves, Gilman, Boys Latin, and Glen Elg. Glen Elg, we play Friday. Boys Latin, we played last Friday. Got the two-point win. Uh, which actually bounced us into first place for the week. Um, we lost to Mount St. Joe yesterday. Um, and so there's basically just a fight because Boys Latin's beaten Glen Elg twice. We've beaten Boys Latin twice. Glen Elg's beaten us once. If we can get this win against Glen Elg, that'd be huge. So if this podcast is out by then, please uh, come out and support. And if not, I'm sure you'll be hearing some announcement in the assembly tomorrow. Oh, yeah, big time. Student. Yep. Um, all right. Moving on to more uh, Super Bowl talk. 
Uh, Troy, I think it's important that we get our picks out right now for the Super Bowl MVP. Who do you have taking this game? So you, you believe the 49ers are going to win, so I assume you're yeah. picking the 49ers. Are you going to go easy route with the quarterback, or you think someone else is going to shine? I personally, I, I think the only way a quarterback doesn't win it is if some receiver comes out with three touchdown catches. That's the only way. Yeah, yeah. I think I got mine. Mine is going to be uh, number 97, Nick Bosa. I bet he goes wow. for two and a half sacks, forced fumble, possibly a strip sack. Who knows? you got to follow up Vonnie Mills. All right, so, Tord, I got the uh, Super Bowl MVP at Vegas odds up here in front of me. Nick Bosa is coming in at an aggressive plus 1,800. So, for your sake, I hope it happens. I can't say I like your chances. Personally, I'm going with my boy Patty Mahomes. I, I just I think the Chiefs going to win. I think he's going to put them on his shoulders. I think he's going to be an absolute gunslinger, as put in the words of the legendary volleyball coach William Allen Beck. He's, he's just going to be all over the game. You're a gunslinger. You're a gunslinger, Malice. Yeah, it's Michael Malice, gunslinger, in my heart always. Oh, yeah. Um, so now halftime show. Um, what do we got? It's J-Lo and Shakira? Yeah, I'm not excited. I'm not excited. I'm a big Shakira fan. Hate J-Lo both as a person, and I don't think she's going to I mean, ever maybe if they movie. bring out Lizzo. <laughs> all right, uh, yeah, we're actually going to have to cut this podcast short after that comment. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Lizzo um, in an elevated surface, that'd make, that would make it for me. Some, I mean, anything could happen at that point. <laughs> all, all bets are all, off. All bets are off. Um, yeah, so personally, I, I, my prediction for that halftime show, it's going to suck. It's going to be Yeah, awesome. I think I might, that might just be my bathroom and food break then. Yeah, I think it's when you bring out all the wings and you just completely turn off the game. Just don't even pay attention. Um, now to the most important part of the Super Bowl, the ads. You can't tell me you are not a big Super Bowl commercial kind of guy. Huge commercial. Who do you got going first? What do, what you think like first like major brands? Like you on like chips? Like you're no like obviously brand, but like is it you on food, like beer or like miscellaneous car? All right. So again, unqualified. Absolutely. In no means are we uh, sponsoring and or endorsing uh, endorsing any kind of alcoholic products. But I see an Anheuser-Busch uh, commercial coming up first. Anheuser-Busch? Yeah, they, they, one of their brands, I don't know which one it would be, but they always are on top of it. They got, they've got six or seven commercials every Super Bowl. They just uh, – I, I like their chances of going right. first. I think um, I got to go – I mean, Michelob Ultra always seems to surprise me with some, like, commercial that starts with, like, a bunch of athletic events, and then it's like, yeah, recover with Michelob. <laughs> it's like – that doesn't make much sense. Yeah, not really sure how, how, you're, how you're putting that together. Yeah. M- much like the uh, the 2018 Tide ad commercials in which they would show like classic commercials that they, it seems like you're in an Old Spice ad or yeah. you're in a beer ad or you're you're in a, a car ad, the guy's driving a Lincoln. Then it's just David oh Harbour from Stranger Things and they're like, nope, it's a Tide ad. What <laughs> am I saying? Yeah, so what I think is going to happen, I think it's going to be Michelob. It's going to start with some, like, person doing, like, burpees and, like, CrossFit exercise. You'd be like, oh, Michelob's done it. Like, you win. I, I get the money. But what I hope, I hope we get an even crazier, like, link. I'm, I think a Lincoln ads are hilarious. McConaughey okay. takes himself so – like, oh, you see the most recent one? It's hilarious. He's he's ice the fishing. Ice, he sits in the, he sits in the car. He's, like, he's, like, whistling. Like, <laughs> it's so funny, dude. He's like, oh, my God. Uh, to me, I, I, I think – so I actually did some research uh, before this episode. Just I, have, I had to remind myself of some of the great, great uh, commercials of the past couple of years. I think 2018 was a very underrated Super Bowl commercial year, by the way, and that was mainly due to those tight ads I was mentioning. Those tight ads, I don't. People might have forgotten about them. I haven't heard about them like in social media in a while. That is a genius campaign. 
Tie dads? Tie dads, yeah. yeah. They, they took every major like possible brand they could think of and just stepped all over their commercials, made a complete joke out of them, and then just threw David Harbour, who was one of like the bigger cultural icon uh, icons of the time, and just threw him in like, nope, tie dad. All your shirts, yeah. spotless clean. Got well, it. yeah, then it started just, everyone started eating Tide Pods. <laughs> so, I mean. <laughs> so, I guess it worked? Yeah, they got the advertisement they wanted. And now on to our final topic today. A little bit more serious. Um, obviously, many of you have heard about the tragic death of Kobe Bryant, one of the greats. Um, and so we thought it would be right to have our final topic of the podcast be on him, his playing career, and his life, what kind of competitor he was and what he did um, for the game and sports as a whole. Yeah, just back backing off toward there. Um, the tragic loss of Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, and uh, the, I believe, eight or seven others. Yeah, sorry, seven others who were on the helicopter with them absolutely rocked everyone here at Gilman and, and uh, all of like the U.S. and even the world. His, his impact was so far-reaching, so um, we just only thought it right for us to focus on the impact he's had on the game of basketball, which Jordan and I love so much, and just our lives in general. So, um. Just getting right into it. I guess, um, as we all know, he didn't just – his influence wasn't just specialized in basketball. He did many other things, including win an Oscar. He was all over the place. But we're going to focus mainly on basketball today and his um, his championship seasons because we believe yeah. that's what best defines him was his uh, his time as just a winner because that's yeah. really what it was. And we think his – we are – obviously, it's such a tragic event and feel horrible for all those involved, not just – the Bryants, but the others, others who lost their lives in that helicopter crash at all, um, as well, excuse me, but we feel now with the nature of the podcast, our tribute to, uh, him is to talk about the highlights of his life and time as a player. Absolutely. So, so let's um, get into it. Yeah. You're starting off early in his career, right? Kobe Bryant, one of the first real stars to come straight out of high school into the NBA he came from lower Marion high school. Um, and he was, yeah, an 18-year-old when he got into the league, which is young, dude. That's young. That is, I'm 18. That, that is the age of, yeah, I'm, I'm 17, going to turn 18 soon. But that's basically the age of all of us in the senior class right now. So if you imagine the kids you're walking by in the hallways today playing in the NBA against all-time great players, he's going up against the likes of MJ. That's just mind-boggling to me. It really just shows how crazy his work ethic and how – mind-boggling his skill was because it, it really was just unbelievable he's undoubtedly one of the all-time greats for, for, sure. for that alone just how he's able to bounce back from being so young um and so inexperienced in this league um but anyways he had a couple seasons in the league before he ever really made a uh, noise for himself it started in about 2000 yeah about 2000 was when he first really became a household name um, and that was when the Lakers beat the Pacers, the Indiana Pacers, coached by Larry Bird and led by Reggie Miller, uh, 4-2 in the NBA Finals. So this was his first ever, sorry, Kobe's uh, first ever championship uh, along with Shaquille O'Neal. Um, I'd say the most dominant duo of all time. I'd go, really? as, far, I'd go as far as saying that. Yep. You're, you're, you're going to take them over LeBron, or sorry, uh, well, LeBron Wade, Scottie Pippen, Magic yeah. Kareem. Yeah. I think there's an argument to be made that they might not even be the most. Maybe actually, maybe Magic Kareem. I did not think about them, but I think 
otherwise, if you look at contributions of both, best I, yeah. duo. Like LeBron and Wade, LeBron ran that duo. I, a lot of people considered the Heat to be uh, Dwayne Wade's team when he first got there, though. It took when the, LeBron first got there? Yeah. yeah it took well, D-Wade had ran that team, but it was like he was kind of willing D-Wade to. D-Wade won a championship with Shaq, too. He did. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I agree. They're, they're definitely a better duo than LeBron Wade. Yeah. I, I think you can't discount uh, Scottie Pippen, uh, Michael Jordan, though. I mean, that duo led the greatest dynasty of all time, bar none. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. They're, they're definitely up there, yeah. though. And I mean, that'll I, probably I, be a conversation for another podcast. It could definitely be. Yeah. I just one quick more point on that. They, they probably could have gotten that title if they'd stuck together longer, but as we'll get to in a minute, uh, Shaq did not stick around with Kobe for too long after this championship. So going back to the 2000 championship, uh, Shaq and Kobe, they, they took down the Pacers, won their first one, and Shaq comes out with a dominating 33 points per game, 16 boards, two assists, three blocks, shooting 61% from the floor, and wins his much-deserved finals MVP. Kobe in that uh, matchup, still pretty young, still kind of learning the game. Wasn't dominant, but solid, solid player, averaging 16 points, four assists, five boards. He was all over the place. Um, Didn't make quite as big an impact, though. So this was all before any kind of stuff leaked about Kobe and Shaq's, like, iffy relationship, right? Right. People people still believe them to be very close friends, and – I believe they would be playing together for a while. So they saw the beginning of a dynasty, and that is exactly what they became in the next season, 2001, when the Lakers absolutely smoked Allen Iverson's 76ers team. So, uh, Tord, if you remember that series. Was that when Actually, Lou got broken down? Uh, yeah, that was. That, yeah, that okay. was. I was yeah. wondering if that was the championship or not. That, that was in game one of that series when uh, – <laughs> Allen Iverson drops 48 Iconic. points in an eight uh, overtime victory, and he crosses over Tyron Lue in the corner, hits the three, and steps over him. You've Iconic. Seen it, yep. I mean, everyone's seen it. It's and a meme. Anyone who had Vine has seen that. It was though. a meme before that. memes. It really was. I mean, yeah, Allen Iverson was just so cool. Yeah. He was so, so cool. cool. Um, and then for those of you who haven't paid attention to like the morning over Kobe's loss, um, Allen Iverson actually went to the most recent Lakers game, I believe, wearing – a shirt that just had a picture of Kobe holding that Larry O'Brien championship trophy at, in, in 2001, the year that Allen Iverson lost him in the finals. Yeah. If that's not just the most beautiful form of respect, I don't know what is. Just if, if you can appreciate greatness, even when he's being greater than you, taking you down, stopping you from cementing your legacy, that's just unbelievable amount of respect. So many, yeah, so much props cool. to um my guy AI on that one. Um, And then, so, uh, the first game, game one, like I said, Allen Iverson took over, but Kobe and Shaq bounced back, beat them in the next four straight games, yeah. and Shaq <laughs> leaves with his second straight uh, finals MVP. Um, so at this point, the Lakers are still pretty much considered Shaq's team, but yeah. Kobe stepped up his game a lot and averaged now 24 points, six assists, and eight boards in the series. Yeah, I mean, th- at this point, you're starting to see Kobe's settling in. I mean, once you go, when you go that early in your career all the way to a finals, get a win, I mean, there's not many situations you haven't been faced with. Obviously, he's alongside one of the best and probably the most dominant big man of all time besides Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, but, I mean... It's still you can see him. You watch his stats; he settles in. Yeah, that's an interesting topic, right there. Best centers of all time. Yeah. You, you can continue, but I, well, I don't even come back to that one. Definitely. I mean, I think Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar 
is I think he's sick just because the name he changed his name from Lou Alcindor. Yeah, That's a sick name. No, I want to get Lou is a terrible name. I'll, but but when, when, like but only Kareem is. Yeah, a, no, no. You don't want to walk past it and be like, "Yo, what's up, Lou?" Like, yeah, nah. no, 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 no. I'm not saying like a better name, but I think it's just so cool because like only the real ones know when you say, "Yo, you know who Lou, Lou Alcindor is." <laughs> oh, it's like only the yeah. real ones know you're talking about Kareem. Like, One of the greatest of all time. Most like, oh, I have no idea. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, you don't know anything. Oh, you, you know, you don't know about six MVPs. <laughs> you never heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Only develop the sky. You're like, no. That's Kareem. It's like, yeah, it's stupid. It's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. Now, I guess, going on to the three, Pete. Yeah. Then, in the next year, as many of us know, the dynasty was cemented as they blocked down something very few teams have done in the uh, three, Pete. 2002, the Lakers showed up against a New Jersey's net squad that was just unbelievably outmatched. They got swept 4-0. Um, and Jason Kidd, a Hall of Fame guard, by the way, considered most likely, I'd say by most, he's considered a top five, top ten point guard oh, ever. Yeah. Could do absolutely nothing against Kobe and Shaq. Their their duo had become so clean, so efficient at that point. Um, each of them averaging about thirty points per game. Uh, Shaq takes home another Finals MVP. But I mean, Kobe put up uh, what, what did he put up in that series? Let's see. Yeah, Kobe put up twenty seven five and six. If he's on a uh, if he's on a team with any player that isn't Shaquille O'Neal in the world at that point, he's taking home the Finals MVP. Absolutely dominating performance. Um, and yeah, in 2002, they completed the three feet. Then you, yeah, you, you yeah, sure. I mean, after that, 2002, Kobe and Jack, Shaq end up splitting up. Uh, Shaq being traded to uh, Miami for Lamar Odom, Karan Butler, and Brian Grant, as well as a first round pick. Um, and for a few years, I mean, uh, although the Lakers were competitive, not winning any more finals until 2009, where Kobe really finally cemented himself as I would say, I mean, I would say the first three, like you would say he is like a great player, but wouldn't cement himself as one of the greats. But for him to get that fourth with a finals MVP in 2009, um, I think when he was really just, he was accompanied by Pau Gasol. Um, but to win that over Dwight Howard in the magic, win that four, one averaging 32.7 assists and five rebounds that really cemented him in. Absolutely. So I, I would say even, just, just being part of a dynasty as great as the Lakers were in the beginning of the 2000s and being, I, I'd say, with undoubtedly the second best player on that team three straight years, um, if not the best player by the last year, he was already cemented as one of the all-time greats. As he was he was top 25 all-time at that point. Mm-hmm. I think I think uh, Bill Simmons, actually, if, if you know him, toward, he's a, um, a sports analyst. He wrote a book called The Book of Basketball where he ranks – he has like a pyramid ranking of like the upper echelon players of all time. Yeah. So he wrote his book in 2008, actually, and had Kobe put, I think, somewhere around like the 24th slot. But he said in a little uh, annotation at the bottom, like, if he wins the title all by himself without Shaq, he will automatically be catapulted into the top 10. Within six months, he had done that. I catapulted himself into the 9 slot, according to Bill Simmons. And Bill Simmons is a diehard Celtics fan, so that is hard. That's that's how you know you're getting an unbiased opinion. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if anything, it is a biased opinion against. So yeah, yeah. If any, yeah. yeah. So the fact that I mean, it's pretty. He's being pretty honest. If he's going to take a Laker in that situation, yeah. I, the only two Lakers who fell ahead of him at that point were Magic and Kareem. Right. Which obviously two of just yeah. the all-time greats, all-time probably grades. top five, right there. And so then after 2009, Kobe followed it up again in 2000. <clears throat> wow. <clears throat> 2010 followed it up with uh, another championship between himself and the duo of Pau Gasol. Um, they took down Boston Celtics Big Three of KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. They won four to three. 
Great series. Unbelievable series. I, I'm not sure how much many of our listeners remember of that series. I've, I've watched some reruns of it um, in recent years. and God, it was just – Kevin Garnett and Kobe especially, those are just two of the fiercest competitors in the Great history of the game. Yeah. They, are, they are just masters not only at their craft of basketball, but they're masters of getting into people's heads. Right. They were constantly rattling the opponent. Um, yeah. And it was just, it was so fun to watch, especially because yeah. that reignited the Celtics Lakers rivalry, which right. was dead, which was since Magic Larry, I guess. Yep. Which is you know back in the eighties. So that was uh, I think really uh, just an awesome championship for everyone. It also fun fact about the Lakers cemented them as having the first ever um, they, they had the first championship of the two thousands, the first championship of the twenty tens, and this year they are the number one uh, ranked team to get the first championship of the 2020s. Be awesome. Could be an interesting story. We'll see yeah. if Lakers pull it off. Um, we'll so, talk more about that in the next episode, though. And so in that series, Kobe averaged th- about 30 points a game, four assists, and eight rebounds, another finals MVP for himself, giving him two overall. Um, and then we won't read out all the accolades here, but just in addition to the finals wins and MVPs, 18-time All-Star, four-time MVP of the All-Star Game, 11-time All-NBA first-team selection, um, and then two second- and third-team selections, respectively. And, and this next stat, I think, might be the most impressive. Yeah. Or maybe not the most impressive, but the most underrated. Yeah. People see Kobe as one of the Just great offensive, offensive talents of all time, right? People right. like The man was an artist with the ball. He could cut anyone up. He can, he can hit any shot. But he was also one of the biggest defensive forces of the 2000s. And that's he was a nine-time All-NBA first defensive team. Also made some second and third teams. I, I, I'm not sure how many, but nine-time first defensive. There's a very, very small list of guys who can say they've done the same. Right. And so to have that coupled with an all-time great um, offensive reservoir, or reservoir, that's not the word, resume, Repre- Repre- sorry. Yeah, no, reservoir. reservoir. Some mix of the two. Yeah. Some mix of the two. There we go. Um, yeah, just absolutely unbelievably gifted player. And I think that talks a lot to his competitiveness and that Mamba mentality that came to sum up the second half of his career. Right. And then in addition to that, 90, uh, the 1997 slam dunk champion, um, as well as an 81 point game, second most all time besides Will Chamberlain. I think it's honestly more impressive than Will Chamberlain because I mean, if you know anything about Will Chamberlain, no one really competed with him height wise at right. his time. So I mean, it was and athleticism. Yeah, it was. It was just he was a he was something the game had never seen. Um, and so for Kobe then to put up eighty one points the way he did at his size um, is just so impressive. You know, what? I told I actually have more evidence to back up that thing because I one hundred percent agree with you. I, I think this is the single most impressive scoring output we've ever seen in the league, and there are many reasons for that. First off, back when. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain played, they were uh, the, the pace of the game was so much faster. They, they were getting off 20 to 30 more shots per game than they did in the NBA in 2000, uh, I think, was, was it 2009 that he had that 81-point game? Somewhere I think so. there. Um, also, during Wilt's game, it was an absolute blowout. He beat the uh, – yeah, he, he beat the, the, the team he put up against. I believe it was the uh, – who was this? I forget. Whoever whoever will beat this one on a point game, that they won by almost 40 points. In Kobe's game, it was a close game the entire way through that if he didn't put up those points, they would have lost. lost. It was just an actual competition where he just decided to take over, casually drop a freaking 81 points, which yeah. has never been done other than by Will Chamberlain in the league. And he also did it without just having – so Will, when he put up 100 points, 
all of his teammates, they're getting every single rebound and giving the ball straight to him, like hoping he'll he'll get he'll just throw it in the basket. They want yep. him to hit hit triple digits. Kobe had to actually fight for his points. He ended the game with only two assists. So, so to be fair, he wasn't passing very much, but he did what his his team needed him to do, and that was to win because that's yeah. just that's the kind of guy Kobe was. Um, I yeah, we, we don't really don't have enough time to sit here and list all the great things Kobe yeah. has done in his career, but. I just would like to speak to the impact on the game real quick. Um, yep. I mean, Mamba mentality in general. I'd say that that is his single greatest, most lasting accomplishment, at least in my view, because that mentality, his ability to come from such a young age and just dominate every single day, night in, night out, he inspired a generation of players. I mean, we've all seen the outcry of all the current NBA players who have spoken. I, I can't even count the number of people who have said – in the past, I don't know, week, just like Kobe Bryant is the reason why I play basketball. Kobe Bryant, watching his passion, his fire, his desire to win, that is what has just sparked a generation of great players, including the likes of LeBron, another high school star who's going to go down as an all-time great. But they all just did it um, following in the footsteps of Kobe Bryant, and I just think that is unbelievably impressive and something we all need to acknowledge. Um, And just so the fans now not being biased, I've actually – this might be an unpopular thing to say. During his career, I was never a fan of Kobe Bryant. I always thought he was overrated, and it kind of took these last couple of days just seeing the utmost, like the utter respect that all of his peers had for him. That has really helped me put things in perspective and understand just the greatness of Kobe. Right. Yeah. I think for me, like you said, it's the mentality that stuck out the most to me and just seeing someone who was always confident in himself, not because he was the best. Someone, an 18-year-old kid coming out of high school obviously was – basically put on a pedestal, but you get to a league like the NBA where everyone is superior, like may seem superior athletically, but he was confident in the fact that he could outwork anybody. And I think that's the thing that all competitive athletes can really take away. Um, So I think with that, I think with that, we'll close Um, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We're obviously, like I said, we're all here for you guys. So please, 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 Go check out unqualified underscore official on Instagram. That is where you're going to be getting all of our updates, all of our scheduling. You're going to be able to vote on our polls, tell us what you want to hear. Um, and it's going to make the show a lot more interesting for us and definitely a lot more interesting for you. Um, so and with that, we will sign off. Thanks for listening in. We'll see you guys down the pike. <laughs> Not really sure what that's supposed to mean, but we will see you later. <laughs>